afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boxing fans around the world. We wrapped up a weekend of boxing and very unfortunate weekend of boxing. And Don King's return to greatness ended pretty much the way that I expected, which is why I didn't watch the fight. And the fight, of course, I'm referring to is Makabu versus Mishunu. And it ended in a close, controversial decision, a split decision in favor of Makabu. And nobody was really surprised. And, you know, and I didn't watch the fight, but I watched highlights and screenshots of this thing after the fact. And I mean, geez, Don King has really fallen from grace. I mean, this thing took place. It looks like a, a, I don't know if anybody watches wrestling, but you know, sometimes these outlaw mud shows and they're, they're like in a barn or they're some high school gym. That's what this looks like. It looks like they're just in some high school gym. And I'm assuming it's just that there was not a lot of people there and they had it tarped off. That, that's my assumption, but the, the venue doesn't look that large. Like it almost looks like, like I've seen amateur fights that had more in the venue. So I don't know what was going on there or they were trying to do social distancing. I guess that's possible with the, you know, COVID and everything, but yeah, so this goes off and Macabre gets a split decision win. Apparently people are very upset. Um, I read the results. I read kind of the, the scores and everything else. And it seemed like just Mashunu what seemed to be more accurate with the punches seemed to be, he wasn't the aggressor, but he seemed to be just more solid with the punches and the output. But Makabu is the aggressor, and as everybody knows from Skip Bayless, usually the judges are going to favor the aggressor. Now, the, the controversy came in because it's Don King. And the theory is that Don King might have, you know, slipped the judges a little sign to make sure the fight goes on with Canelo. Because obviously, if the fight goes on with Canelo, Don King's going to pocket a lot of that money. And then in the future, we're going to see interviews from Makabu talking about, like, Mike Tyson, can't get a blowjob first. So... There's this conspiracy that Don King might have done something to convince the judges. But the fact that it was that close, based on what I'm seeing, it was possible to see it as a close fight. It was possible to see that, hey, one guy did win the fight clear. And it just happened to be levels, right? That levels came into play and one guy was just not in the other guy's class. And so regardless of what it is, kind of the predominant message is that Canelo's going to take a soft touch. And I would quote Sun Tzu, who basically said, if you, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking fights that you, that you know you can win because that's smart. It's actually brilliant. Here's another example of that. We knew going in that Canelo was going against a champion that wasn't necessarily the top of it, but he's still a champion. And we can't, we can't hold that against Canelo because at the end of the day, we have to hold the orgs accountable for why this guy had a belt in the first place. And we can look at his history and I'm not going to. But we can look at his history and we can do some analysis to try to figure out how he got a belt in the first place. But if we're going to criticize Canelo Alvarez for taking this fight, we have to also criticize somebody like Terrence Crawford who fought Ndongo for a belt because Ndongo had a belt. And he actually had two belts, IBO and uh, the other one that he had. So I think we need to be a little bit smarter when we're criticizing these kinds of fights and fighters. And instead, we need to criticize the orgs because the orgs are the ones who position those fights to happen to where there is a championship title on the line, that's not Canelo's fault. He's doing the smart thing, which is to get titles. There are certain hardcore people, especially like NSB and others who don't care about the titles, and that's cool. But I think it was Keith Thurman that said it best once upon a time, said it best, that when you're trying to attract the casual fans, and that's the goal of any promoter, that's the goal of the, of the fighters themselves, they want the casual money. They don't care about you as the hardcore because they're already hooked in. They know that you're going to eat whatever crap they give you. So they know that it's the casual money they need to get. And it's harder to get that money. They have to work harder to get it. And there isn't a, a 
misconception that as I, like people like myself or the news, or the radio, whoever says, okay, champion X is about to fight tonight. The casual fan says, oh, it's a championship fight. That must be something good. And they'll dial in to see it. And then it turns out to be crap if it's somebody like Frank Sanchez or Uzik or something, right? So there's a logic to this. He's right when he says that. And I think that's playing into factor with guys like Makabu, guys like Burmis Deverne, guys like Ndongo and so on and such where they're just, it's, there's a, an, an acceptance that the champion is who draws the money because they have a belt. If you don't have a belt, that means you have to be a draw on your own like a Floyd Mayweather. But as we saw with Manny Pacquiao versus Jordanius Ugas, even somebody like Manny Pacquiao couldn't draw money against somebody like Jordanius Ugas, who was the champion. So Ugas himself could not sell tickets because it was Ugas and nobody knew who he was, and he got elevated into the title. Same issue with Devin Haney. He has a title. He's not able to draw anywhere near as well as somebody like Tiafimo did before. And Tiafimo was a draw even shortly before he got the belt. So there are certain fighters who can draw that money because they're characters. If you look at the pattern of the ones, or as Tim Bradley says, patterns of the fighters who are drawing the money, it's more than just the belt, but the belt helps until you get that level. But it's character. It's being able to do something that stands out in the crowd. If you look just like a generic fighter that's a creative fighter on the old fight night round three, you're not going to stand out in the crowd. And so I believe that going after the casuals, starting with a belt and just kind of getting them to dial in is start is step one, sure. But you also have to have the character to carry it beyond the title to where they don't care if you have the belt or not. Like I, I submit right now, if Deontay Wilder, as an example, were to go back in there and say, I'm about to fight somebody, he goes out and he wants to baptize somebody like Big Baby Miller, that fight's going to draw huge, not because of Miller, but because of Wilder, even though he has no belt, because Wilder's a character. And the casuals want to see the character. The casuals want to see the drama. The character, the casuals want a reason to dial in to see these fighters. So I'm not going to hold it necessarily against Makabu, only to say, at the end of the day, this is something where, you know, we knew what the outcome was likely to be, not just because of Don King, but just in general, with this as being a rematch, and Makabu won the first fight, I believe it was by knockout. So we suspected he was going to win. We didn't know how he might win, but we suspected he might win. So I was not surprised to see that he won the fight. Now there's some chatter saying, well, maybe that performance will cause, you know, the, uh, Canelo to go a different way. Like maybe he says, you know what? I don't want to fight that guy. He's not worth my time. And then he goes after somebody else. Is that likely to happen? It's possible, but who knows? Maybe Canelo gets turned off by Don King. Maybe Canelo says, you know what? Screw that. I don't want to harm my reputation by having Don King in the mix, you know, because I don't know what that contract would look like. Because the other thing about it is, how is that negotiation going to work? Because you know how Don King plays. So is it possible that Canelo says, you know what? Screw that. It's my way or the highway. And then it turns out being somebody else. That's what we don't know. So it did open some interesting dialogue to say, well, let's assume for just a moment, let's, let's assume that Canelo does not fight Makabu. Well, then what does that mean? It means that Canelo either stays where he's at or he fights a different cruiserweight champion. If he stays where he is, which I think is smart because it gives him an opportunity to fight guys coming up in the division, which would be guys like Golovkin has said he might want to move up, uh, guys like um, Chris Eubank Jr. said he might want to move up, Guys like Charlo said he might want to move up. So he has an opportunity to fight guys that people actually care about and people know about instead of, you know, soft touches. So that's that's a positive, right? 
and it would deny it would deny the naysayers any more excuses to trash Canelo if he was able to do that. Now I don't know if the other guys would be willing to do that on what would essentially be short notice for the vast majority of them. We don't know that. I will say this though. At cruiserweight, you don't really have strong champions in general. It's a weak division overall. Who do you have? You have Makabu, who just won. A guy named Riyad Murray, which I've never heard of. Don't know Jack about this dude. Apparently, he just won a title. Arson Galarin, I don't know Jack about him. Marius Bradys, I know. I'm pretty sure he's that boring fighter I saw once. He's IBF and then Lawrence Coley. He's a, somewhat of an eye test fighter and a speed goes hype over him at the WBO. If you look at the list of who's at Cruiserweight, there's not a single name on that list that anybody with any common sense about boxing would believe could beat Canelo Alvarez. Not a single one of them. If you look at light heavyweight, which Joe Smith Jr., okay. Arthur Betabiev, okay. Bevall, ITS fighter, okay. So really at that one, it's really Betabiev that would be the kind of the name. Bevall, you know, whatever. So if I'm looking at the list, you've got options for Canelo. He can stay at 168 because right now he is essentially the man. He is essentially, you divide the division. David Morrell just got a title at WBA, but it's not considered in the unified undisputed conversation yet. But it could be that the WBA says, nope, you got to fight David Morrell next, so we're going to strip you of your title. Could be, that might happen. Nobody thinks David Morrell is going to beat Canelo, but it gives Canelo an opportunity to stay busy fight another champion, keep the division clean until such a time as he can figure out the new person to fight. Because I know that, I think it was Reynoso who said, yeah, go to cruiserweight and test yourself. So they're jumping over light heavyweight, but maybe they say, let's do light heavyweight instead in the short term because we're not impressed with any of the guys on this list at cruiserweight. Or they just wait and see what's going to happen at 160. Now, here's the funny thing. At 160, you got who? Bubu Andre, nobody wants to see him fight. He's talked about going to 168. If he goes to 168 and he wants to get a belt, he's got to go through Canelo. That means he's got to lobby to become mandatory. The only way he could do that feasibly is to go through WBO. WBO might accommodate him, but does Demetrius Sande want that smoke? Gennady Golovkin said IBF still at 160. We heard the story before. He at once at one point said anyone from 154 to 168. And then later it was like, if you want to fight, you got to come to 168. We know Canelo's not going to 160. So that means either Golovkin has to move up. And if he moves up, he's not going to have the same power. So he's not going to have any sort of test for Canelo. And he might actually get stopped this time. Then of course, NSB and others will say that, Oh, Canelo aged him out and he's, he drained him and all these other excuses. At the end of the day, Canelo has a win over Gennady Golovkin, and that's all that matters in the history books and the business of boxing. Ryota Murata. Murata is an interesting one because Murata, of course, there are people gunning for Murata outside of Canelo and outside of Charlo. You had Sergio Martinez, who was actually talking about fighting Murata, and other fighters who were going to fight Murata, and then they fell out of the mix. And so Golovkin was trying to go after him, and People have said, well, why don't these guys at 160 all fight each other? And I asked that same question because if you look at who's there and who has a belt of some kind, Lara still has a belt at 160. He's the regular WBA champion. Okay. To me, Lara should be fighting Murata to get rid of that because WBA straight up said we want to consolidate these belts and get it clean. So that means that Lara and Murata technically should be fighting to get one belt at WBA if we're going by the book. If we don't see that fight, Canelo holds the franchise title at WBC. 
if we go off what we saw with Lopez versus CM Punk Cambosis, that means that theoretically we should be able to see Canelo and Jamal Charlo get those belts cleaned up and get their one title, which would be franchise at the end of it, if we're being honest. Or does WBC Suleiman come out and say, no, his franchise is not for defense, and then he's hypocrite again. We don't know. But then you look at guys like Andre and Gennady Golovkin. There's no reason those two couldn't fight. And I would actually... I actually wouldn't mind seeing that fight because Demetrius Andrade is one of the most boring. He's not a Frank Sanchez boring, but he is a all-time great boring fighter is Andre Bubu Andre. So I would like to see somebody like him against somebody like Gennady Golovkin for one main reason. Golovkin has struggled with guys like Darionchenko, but he still has dangerous power. He's still able to hurt you. And so that's a good test really for Andre. That's what I want to see is Andre tested against somebody, even at the age of Golovkin, I still think it's a solid test for him because I don't rate Andre right now. So I would love to see those two tangle. I still think, again, that Lara and Murata should fight to get the WBA cleaned up. And I would love to see Charlo and Canelo tangle at some point if what's going to happen, it, you know, if they decide, you know, we're not going to do this cruiser rate right now, we're going to wait because these champions all suck. Or does he go up and then who does he fight? Because, again, I'm not impressed with the list at cruiserweight or does he decide to go to like heavyweight and shut up the haters and just fight better be just to shut everybody up because i would love to see that just so that people would be like oh he aged better be out and he waited till better be was vulnerable and all these excuses when canelo gets in there and, and does what he does so that's where we're at with the fight we don't know yet what canelo's next step's going to be and we do see that there is a lot happening in the divisions right now and we also see that some guys are going to possibly be on the way out. Like with Lara, I suspect he's got to be on the way out by now. He's an older fighter. He actually holds belts in two of the divisions. He still holds the belt at 154, and then he holds the belt at 160. And so he's toyed with both weights, but he's not actually gone where I think he needs to go. So I don't know what's going to happen there if we see, you know, Lara back out and then those go vacant. Then Murata's basically the one to go to for WBA. Or do we see Lara and Murata fight? Do we see Lara still fight at WBA? Kind of the frustrating part is that at WBA on 154, Jermel Charlo's there. And Jermel Charlo is pretty much the man at 154 at this point. And yet we still haven't gotten to the point where we can get Lara either in the mix or out of the mix with Charlo and Lara. Meaning I want to see them figure this all out. We have Castaño. He's still in the mix at WBO at 154. I don't fully rate Castaño, but I know he's a tough fighter for these guys. So there's there's smoke at 154, but it's starting to get cleaned up pretty good. 160 has some smoke, but we don't know. Like, I think these guys should really fight each other, if you're asking me. And then 168 is pretty much Canelo all the way through, unless somebody wants to come up and challenge him. And if Canelo's going to go up, we don't know if he's going to make a stop at 175 again, like he did before. And fight one of these guys, or he's just going to keep on with his cruiserweight mission. If you were to ask me, my gut instinct says that he's not going to do cruiserweight. And my gut instinct tells me he's going to go light heavyweight. And my gut instinct tells me he's going to go after Joe Smith Jr. for the WBO. That's my gut speaking. I could be way off. And maybe he just completely shocks me and holds the course and fights guys that are coming up. Or he fights somebody at cruiser. Or he fights a heavyweight. I don't know. I... I would be shocked if he did anything other than fight Joe Smith for WBO at 175. That's my gut t 
talking. I don't think he fights Makabu because I think he'll be unimpressed with the performance and possibly a little bit sketchy about what he saw with the judging for Makabu Mishnu, where he might think, you know, I know I can knock the guy out, but I don't want any sketchy business happening or whatever. Who knows? So that's what we got there. We still have to see, wait and see what's going to happen with Canelo Alvarez and his next fight with the Makabu win. It should be Makabu next, but nothing is signed as far as I'm understood. I could be wrong, but as far as I'm understood, nothing's signed, which means it could be Canelo going a different route. He's the cash cow right now. He's the pound-pound pound champion. And it'll be interesting to see who he chooses. Because like I said, I don't rate anybody at Cruiserweight right now. If you guys rate any of these dudes, other than Akoli, I know he's an eye test fighter. But other than, you know, rate these guys. Like I'm talking top, top of the crust could easily be Canelo. If you rate any of them, please give the comments. I want the smoke. But that's all I got. Feel free to like, subscribe, share. I'm not going to do the little images of stuff because you know where the buttons are. But go ahead and like, share, subscribe. I will be doing more content next week as we got very exciting fights in February coming up.